everyone and welcome to all things SR podcast and we think it's it's also speak like a Shakespearean today so <laughs> so a good morning to ye good morrow good morrow <laughs> I don't think that's correct good morn <laughs> Oh my goodness! It's good to have uh, have you here today, Pammy. Happy April twenty third, everybody. Mm-hmm. Be it morning or afternoon or evening, where you are, wherever we are, because wherever I don't know, we I, are, I have no there clue you where are. I am today. <laughs> <laughs> Betty's saying, since we're still in Miami, I'm in a bathing suit, shorts, a summer hat, and sitting by the pool drinking green tea. Cheers! Cheers! Ah, yes. Mm-hmm. Being in Miami, feeling the breeze uh, mm-hmm. coming off of the Atlantic Ocean, hearing the sound of salsa and merengue. Sounds fabulous to me. Doesn't it, though? Yes, yes. I'm going to pretend to. Okay. So, good morning, good morning, good morning. Yes. I good morning. And I see Ellie's there. And I... Half I know. <laughs> Passing you coffee across the across the country, Ellie. And I see Elena's on. Good morning, Elena. How are things in Maine? And uh, uh, Ashley. Elena, I did not forget you. I still have your message about that film, so I, I'll contact you as soon as I can. Mm. So. And, and Betty's brought a little cow to remind her of Paul. That's very cute. Cows. As if you need reminding of Paul, Betty. Cows on the beach. <laughs> they used to have them in Florida, cows on the beach. They did, because Florida is a very agricultural state. People before, may not before, realize that. Before Disney, my, um, my, my friend Barbara, who passed away in October, her grandfather owned a whole bunch of land that went from um, uh, Orlando and a little bit west, all the way to the Atlantic Ocean. And he used to run his cows on the beach every now and then. Oh, my gosh. Can you imagine? Now, God knows when this was because her grandfather was 89 or 90 when he passed away, and I was Mm -hmm. a little girl. So I don't know how long ago it was. And I I do know, though, that he sold a bunch of that land that he had in Orlando to Disney. Wow. Yeah. And he, he must have uh, done well. Can you imagine if he had that property now? <laughs> what the value of that would be? Well, considering what's going on in Florida right now, <laughs> they, they just not. declassified uh, Disney from the tax rolls, so. Yes. I don't know. Yes. Anyhow. That's, we won't get into that. No. no. But what we will get into is news from, from the, the man, world, the myth, the legend. The world of SR. The world of SR. Oh, and hi, Anna. Good to see you today. Glad you could join us. It reminds me of the, uh, was it The World of Henry Wong? A movie <laughs> that, oh, I forget who yes. did it. I, I've never seen it. I just heard of it. Was it Peter, Peter Sellers do that? I forget. Anyway, so. The news of SR is Avad of Israel acquired Gabriel's Redemption, but hasn't seemed to release it yet, so he's hoping it'll come out soon. That's exciting mm-hmm. that Redemption's uh, getting a, you know, getting another uh, play in another country. I'm excited Absolutely. about that. Uh, Dreamlet of Denmark acquired Gabriel's Promise, and they will release it soon. He has seen the cover. And SR fans 
Russia tells us tells him that the Great Evil's promise will be released in Russia soon. And this is great news, because I'm sure that many people need some difference of reading in Russia right now. Well, and I think that has, uh, you know, kudos to Tatiana and the fans in Russia and Eastern Europe um, for really advocating and asking for promise. They Mm -hmm. really, I think, were heard by the publisher um, and I, I'm excited for them to get to hear and read this story. I, I think it's going to be, um, especially in light of the fact that the movies have also brought in new fans. I think people will like to hear uh, the next part of the Emerson story. I, I'm on a, a Facebook page that has a lot of people that have seen the movie but have never read the books. And I'm always telling them, you got to read the books. And they said... Once you read them, you, you're going to want to read the Florentine series and the Man in the Black Suit as oh, yeah. well. So, I, you know, they love the they love the movie, so they would they'll really love the books. Well, and I think people are intimidated by reading sometimes. You know, sometimes they, they don't are. they feel they don't have time. But I remind people, look, you have audiobook options too. Absolutely. So if you don't have time to read. You can listen to it as you're doing your chores or as you're taking a walk. You know, mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. it really there's no there's no reason that they need to miss out on all the goodness of SR's words. That is true. So Betty's reminding us that she's sure that Snarky will take take all the credit. <laughs> <laughs> he thinks the fans want to experience his snarky magic. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I would honest. like to. I want to experience his snarky magic. That's for sure. That voice of snarky. Goodness. I know. <laughs> I, 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 and it's funny because one comment that I saw when they said oh, how much that they loved the movie and how you know they hadn't read the book, I said, "Oh, you got to do it because the one person you miss out of the movie is snarky, mm-hmm. and you got to hear the snarkiness. It's great." <laughs> so. She's also mentioning that Paul has more time in the books mm-hmm. and that who doesn't want to hear Morgan narrating. It is so he's super good. He was God truly, truly good. And I, I see um, Elena was saying and, and Betty commented, chilly morning, black lab lady, sunny and 55 degrees here on the main coast. Although the wind just won't give up. It feels more like 35 degrees. Oh, I hear that. Well, we're we're getting rain right now, so yep, we are too. Although it's supposed to warm up to seventy today here, which is a nice change from from cold rain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Exactly. My sister and brother-in-law opened up their house in the Poconos, and they went up. They were supposed to go up Tuesday, and they. But my brother-in-law was looking at the forecast, and it was calling for ten inches of snow. <laughs> oh my goodness! Yeah, where they are, they were lower in the valley, so they didn't get as much as the mountains did. So, oh, it was it was a, a snow event. I mean, yes, there was, was an accident on the interstate because mm-hmm. of the snow. So. Late, late snow, a yes. spring snow. Always so. an interesting time. Mm-hmm. So the other announcements that uh, SR has is Passionflix has announced that Melanie Zanetti will be attending PassionCon. So those of you that are going, like Leslie and Kenzie, she will be there. I'm very excited about that. And there's a lot of good, I, I saw a lot of people that are going to be there uh, from mm-hmm. a, them I, in the movies. I'm very, I'm, well, as you know. I was very, very much hoping that Chris McKenna He's going would be, to be able there. to attend. And he was the first actor they announced. And yes. that has made me extremely happy. Uh-huh. I'm a huge, huge fan. And <laughs> I was very sad I couldn't go to the set visit. And um, I'm very excited about that. I do know they uh, made an announcement also that Julio is not able to make it because he just... Um, was asked to do another production. Mm-hmm. So he's going to be on uh, set working um, on a new project, which is mm-hmm. very exciting for him. I'm very mm-hmm. sad because he won't be there, but I'm thrilled for him. And, you know, that's the, that's the nature of uh, Absolutely. these events. 
So Absolutely. I, I think, um, you know, I, I wasn't, Melanie, I did not know if she would be there because I didn't know what her work schedule was. Mm -hmm. And also mm -hmm. she has quite the journey um, to make back from her native mm -hmm. Australia. So. Mm -hmm. Betty's wondering if sugar will be at the uh, at Passion Con. <laughs> I don't know. I and, don't and know. Sugar and his uh, banana hammock. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm curious. I wasn't sure who else was going to be at Passion Con. If there's any podcast listeners, let me know. Yeah. That would be great to see everybody. Um, um, Gabriel's Inferno DVDs are back and they're available and they ship worldwide. That's great. Mm -hmm. And uh, Gabriel's Rapture Part 3 debuts on, only on Passion Flicks on August 12th. And I'm and, looking forward to that. And for those of you who haven't and wanted to get the um, DVDs, I'm putting the link in the... Yeah, there's a lot of great stuff. I have the... I, I've got wine glasses... Um, I've got the t-shirt, got a hat from the Gabriel series, um, the t-shirt is, and they, but they've got a lot of cool things out there, so you want to check it out. They even have a onesie for being a product of Passion Flicks. <laughs> <laughs> very, very cute. Yes. And, uh, Gabriel's Redemption is going to start filming on location in Oxford and Italy in the fall. And he doesn't have the dates yet, but signature members or Passionflix members who become signature members and, and as well as founding members may be able to apply for a set visit. Hopefully Passionflix will arrange this. Now I know that they're doing it right now for this man. Um, and they have been sending a lot of, they've been posting a lot of new um, footage behind the scenes for this man. Um, which is exciting to see. The set itself, the, the settings are so beautiful. Oh, the manor house. I saw pictures of that. I was like, whoa. Yeah, yeah, I, I know. I want to I go to that building mm -hmm. for sure. Absolutely. Betty's saying August 12th is the new July 4th for her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yes. I'm not ready. All I have to say is I'm not ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like yes. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> exactly. Definitely the fireworks will be out in full force. That's for mm -hmm. sure. That is true. That is true. Uh, and that's uh, that's about it from the news angle of, of SR World. Yes. Yes. And we have, uh, as promised, last week we were in Miami and we had a wonderful time talking about Miami and exploring the city that SR has uh, has us visiting with the Emersons for the next several weeks um, because the setting for the chapters um, 53 through 60 is in Miami and South Beach mm -hmm. um, and yes Betty she does need to order more hankies most definitely um, one, uh, SR did get back about questions that we had from our last chapter, chapter 53. So Pam and I wanted to share those answers before mm -hmm. digging into chapter 54 this week. And as you recall, the chapter uh, was uh, when Gabriel had a chance to talk to uh, Professor um, Vitali and the expert from Sweden and he was able to learn more information about what they found with the Memento Mori. So we asked SR, what or who inspired you to have the expert on religious objects be named Judith from Sweden? And he responded in typical SR fashion. Mm -hmm. That is a very good question. We may need to ask the longtime reader and administrator of SR Fan Sweden, Winky Face. <laughs> so, uh, the Winky Face and his implication being that the inspiration for that expert is, is indeed our dear friend Judith, who is the SR Fans admin, which I thought was a nice nod mm -hmm. to her. Um, she's been very supportive, and um, I just think that was a really sweet. Absolutely way to weave that in 
Um, we also ask, you write about the Memento Mori and note they are on display at museums in Boston and London. Have you seen in person at one or both of those museums? Have you seen them in person? And he has said, yes, they are very interesting. So I was excited to hear that because I wasn't sure if he, you know, just read about them in a book and wanted to incorporate it or if he actually had a chance to see them in person. So he loves his research and he, yes, he does. It's so accordingly. Yeah. Did he see them in Boston or London? <laughs> well, I, 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 I tried. I, know. I tried to get that. I know. I know. We, I lay it out there and he can either pick it up or, or walk not. on by. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, he also, we asked him, what inspired you to include Alessandro de Medici in the story? And he says, I think it's his story is interesting, and he is associated with the Palazzo Riccardi, which is an important location in the Florentine series. And he Very guesses cool. who might live at the Palazzo Riccardi? Oh, I have no idea. I have no idea either. Honey. Might I have know. to revisit that series. Although I do know that most of the um, nighttime um, people, uh, spirits or whatever you want to call them cannot go into the plots of recording mm. because they do apparently have a lot of religious relative relatives oh god relics <laughs> some of our relatives are relics <laughs> uh, and without the rightful owner's identity could the museum ever acquire the memento to complete the chaplain because they do they do an investigation to find out more of the provenance. Uh, but if the owner doesn't emerge, they may hold on to it until they establish ownership. Which is pr fairly common. And, you know, museums want to do the right thing, too. I know that there were a couple of... I read about a couple of museums not too long ago that had to give back some art because it was uh, art that was actually stolen by the Nazis during oh, wow. World War II, so there were a couple pieces that had to be returned to the, the you know, the family that survived. Um, and, and you, he, he told me beautifully weaved the quote reference of the Book of Sirach into the passages of Dante. Is this an observation you made from your readings, or did you come across references to the similarities in your research? If so, sources you could share says, here's a source of, that includes photos of the Memento Mori I had in mind, and he lists a CNN website for that. Yes, and we'll um, share that. I'm putting the questions in um, and answers. And Betty's saying, I wonder, who could it be? Someone who loves the color black and likes to make it rain hankies? <laughs> <laughs> used hankies. Remember that, Betty. They're used hankies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I am, I'm sorry we don't have the old uh, Florentine series recordings for you guys to listen to <laughs> because there were some quite interesting discussions around hankies and for those of you who have read the books you'll understand that reference exactly, um, exactly. but I, way, I the, the, the hankies were a, a very useful accommodation in the Florentine series Mm -hmm. Betty said, I never said I was going to take those hankies. <laughs> <laughs> no, Snarky collected them and washed them and sold them for like $500 each. <laughs> so he could run away to Vegas. <laughs> oh my gosh, you guys. <laughs> so this brings us to the next chapter, chapter 54. Yes. And we are now, as noted, still in Miami, enjoying uh, South Beach, and mm -hmm. we are actually poolside as the chapter begins. And I love the first sentence because I was just like, yes, I am totally in agreement with Julia. Julia is in love with Miami. <laughs> and yes, Betty, Snarky knows what the fans want. That's yes, for he sure. Does. And as long as he can make money off the deal, that's a good thing for him. And I, I would love to see Snarky in Miami, by the way. I think that would be fun. 
I think um, I have a picture of him on a beach. <laughs> yes, but I thought that was probably in Mexico. Um, according to Snarky, Betty says the hankies are actually relics. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, they are. Uh, or mementos, right? <laughs> They're the memento mori of the Florentine series. Or the memento amori, amoro. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> oh my goodness. So. They're at poolside. Julia's loving Miami. <laughs> yes, the the photo with the sombrero. Yes. Mm -hmm. we'll I'll put, I'll put, that put, it, out I'll put the, it out on Twitter. Yes, so you can see the photo we're referring yes. to, Snarky and Snarky and his element. Absolutely. Hmm. So the hotel, the Emersons are staying at the Hotel Estrella, and the Hotel Estrella has several pools families tended to go to the center pole, which is where uh, Julia was with sweet little Claire. The central pool had cabanas and day beds, all with an ocean view. And Julia made herself at home on a double chaise lounge with an umbrella. She's pulling Claire up to her and they are both wearing hats and sunglasses. Um, and they are going over now to the pool to dunk little Claire's feet in the pool and she's kicking happily away and we asked SR did Julia wear her bikini and how about Claire while they're down poolside and SR said Gabriel prevailed on Julianne to wear her bikini and she relented buying a baby version of top and bottom separate bathing suits <laughs> so that surprised me because I was thinking for sure that little Claire would be in a one piece. But then I went out and I looked and <clears throat> I'm going to include the question. And then also this link was one that I found. This was not an SR provided link, but um, you can see, I'm hoping the link goes through. If, if you can't click on it, let me know and I will try it again. Um, but there's a whole plethora of mother-daughter um, suits as well. So i <laughs> not saying that they were going matchy-matchy, but I just thought it was a cute little aside. Um, and yes, Betty, baby Claire is a fashionista. If she is the daughter of Gabriel Emerson, you know she has to be because he is the man has mad style. Mm -hmm. um, so as their poolside Julia's ordered a frozen drink when Gabriel came striding up the deck mm -hmm. again would love to see this on the big oh, yeah. screen um, because we know how beautiful both Julia and Gabriel look on the big screen um, being portrayed by Melanie and Julia so Julia noticed that heads were turning towards her husband as he walked by Mm -hmm. And he's wearing a black swim trunks and a black Adidas jacket walking toward her. And you know, Julie had noticed. And we asked SR, did it bother Julia that heads turned to look at Gabriel? And, you know, because given her past and how she used to be very um, aware of the attention that Gabriel brought. And she was a bit intimidated by that. Um, but at this point in the relationship, SR said, I don't think it bothers her, but she notices it. And she notices that Gabriel is oblivious, which gives her no end of delight, which I love that answer. Mm -hmm. because Gabriel is all about her. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I see uh, the snarky uh, image is now in the chat box. If you mm -hmm. want to see snarky on the beach, click on the link. <laughs> Click on the link. Um, don't know if uh, that's in the view of Gabriel and Julia at the time. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> Hopefully. So as Gabriel, um, the Adonis that he is, approaches his family, he's crouching down next to them, tugging on little Claire's sun hat, and he's asking her, Hi, do you like the water? And as he said this, Claire reached for him 
Gabriel's pretending to bite her fingers, making her giggle with glee. And I, again, oh my gosh, this scene would be so great on screen <laughs> because of the way we know Julio interacts with children. And I know he would bring that into this role. Um, it would just be, it would just be pure magic. Yep. Um, so please, please, please option Gabriel's Thomas passion trips. <laughs> just an aside. So Gabriel asked if he could take a quick jog. He needed to clear his head and Julia asked if he was okay. And he said he was fine. Um, just Massimo had a lot to say and he just needed to kind of process it. Nothing urgent but he would fill her in on his return. Um, and she mentioned that she had ordered a virgin daiquiri, or virgin, yeah, margarita, and should she change it? <laughs> and he said no. He, he took off his sandals and jacket, leaving them with Julia before taking the stairs down to the beach for his run. So we asked SR about this as well um, because you know, Julia is so tuned into Gabriel and we asked if she believed him when he said he was okay and SR said no. Pure and simple. Yeah. Very telling, you know, no. <clears throat> it it was not okay. And um so Gabriel goes on and ran along the shoreline keeping with the rhythm of the surf and enjoying the scene, you know, obviously mm -hmm. loving being at the beach, uh, being by the water. Um, but his mind was in Florence. So he's taking this run. It's almost meditative in a way, trying to process everything mm -hmm. that um, the uh, Swedish expert um, shared with him. The memento mori was from the Medici um, in itself, it was a wonderful and amazing find. But how did that memento mori come to Cambridge and why it was there was the mystery. Professional art thieves took artifacts. They don't leave artifacts behind. Also, a bead from a chaplet was a strange piece for a thief to be carrying around unless it had a purpose. And that purpose of those memento mori maybe revenge and so he's running along thinking about this and he quickly rejected the notion that it would be revenge and you know he's going through this process um sure he had offended some people over time this included students jealous colleagues um and he was sure his face was on a few dart boards of some of the uh some of his uh, people that he've offended. Um, <laughs> that, that, yes. that one made me laugh. Yes. We had a, a, a promotional <laughs> going at work one time of a dartboard of all the real, real uh, resellers. Oh. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, picture of them all around the dartboard. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, I think that probably is a very satisfying way to uh, handle some mm -hmm. frustrations. Um, and Betty's saying, are you sure, Gabriel? Are you sure? <laughs> and she also said, Gabriel running at full speed. But the ladies see him running in slow motion with the wind blowing in his hair and a piano playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> right, like uh, Bo Derek from 10. That, that <laughs> you, mean, you mean not that one from where they're running, the, a bunch of the guys are running on the beach? Well, Baywatch. <laughs> chari right. chari now I think of Chariots a of Chariots Fire. Chariots of Fire. Not quite like that. A great like Vangelis <laughs> instrumental, by the way. Yes. And Betty's saying at least he admits he's every he's not everyone's favorite person. I think Gabriel's very self-aware of that fact. Oh, I'm sure he is. She I'm said, sure I would be surprised if he thought everyone loved him. Well, definitely, because uh, to the contrary, I mean, he really felt like he was unworthy um, and unlovable for so long. Mm -hmm. um, I realized it just I just added that question that our last question was in there and I see that Shell joined us and Brenda so hello hello good morning 
Welcome. We're in Chapter 54 in South Beach, enjoying a run with Professor Emerson on the shoreline as baby Claire as in a playing bikini. in the little center pool with, uh, with her mama. And uh, Gabriel is kind of processing his discussion with the art um, expert. And he's rejected the idea that this would be because of uh, any type of revenge. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he's going through the people that he may have offended. Um, he was discreet with his liaisons and tried to restrict them to women who understood the temporary nature of their connections, um, which is why he really didn't think it was a, a woman scorn, so to speak, because he was really at at that time of his life, he was just looking for a hookup and he mm -hmm. was connecting with people who wanted the same thing. He was looking for people who did not want to have a relationship beyond sex. Um, <laughs> Shell's saying, I can picture the slow motion run on the beach, LOL. <laughs> so... You know, he's also going through, he thought, well, there was Professor Singer, but she's in Toronto and he really doubted she would have hired a professional thief from Italy. It's just not her style. And she would have actually threatened him personally. She would have much preferred to give out punishment directly to mm -hmm. Gabriel, um, which we know that's the truth. That is true. Um Betty was saying, though, I don't know. She said, remember Soraya's friend? She wanted more, too. That's true. Uh, Gabriel had a twist, a tryst with the lawyer's friend, um, which gave uh, Soraya another uh, reason not to like Gabriel. Oh, wasn't that more of a menage, that one? Um, I don't recall. Because I know he I'm had a few. Sure. I, I know he had a few menage a trois in the uh, restrooms. Yes, but again, I think that was purely sex. I mm -hmm. mean, at least from his perspective. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Betty said Professor Singer would show up with a whip. Right. She wouldn't She wouldn't go with the uh, hiring a thief uh, to, to go and break into the house. She would, she would be much more direct. Absolutely. And much more hands-on. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Anything uh, to inflict pain. Right. <laughs> And Brenda said, no, not with her. He just messed with her in the bathroom. Yeah. Yes. So it was kind of a quick a quick hit, so to speak. Then he, you know, he's going through other possible, oh, well, Betty said they hooked up at Lobby, uh, the friend. And then he called her again out of the blue, and they hooked up again. Shell saying, mm -hmm. Professor Payne is a bossy bit of goods. She is hands-on. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, so, so Gabriel called the hookup Soraya's friend, and then he disappeared. Black Lab Lady said Soraya's friend got a second call from the professor, then never heard from him again. Mm -hmm. So so that is an example of someone who may have may have wanted more, although it's I think... It's convenient. He's very, he was very clear at that period of time, though, what he wanted. Oh, yeah. You know, and I... And, I'm and, sure. and I just reference, I, I just send a recommendation to any younger women single out there. If that's all they want, then just leave them alone. Yeah. Yeah. Unless you're up for it. Unless that's something you want. If, right. if it's, 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 um, but don't expect anything else other than that. If it's consensual, that's okay. Mm -hmm. If that's right, if that's the right thing for you. Um, Brenda's saying, yes, she hooked up with her, Soraya's friend, the day when he saw Julia and Paul walking down the street together. Oh, mm. I, good memory there. I have, I have to, I'm, I'm, have not read that part of the story in so long. Thanks for adding that, Brenda. Mm -hmm. Um, so he's also going through who else it could be. And he said, well, there was Paulina. But she's happily married and living in Minnesota. They had made their peace, and he believed that she wished him well. Mm -hmm. She had no cause for revenge now. It's true. So, that's mm -hmm. true. And I definitely, I mean, of any 
buddy. Paulina would be the least. Uh, <laughs> Betty's saying, Paul, my handsome stud. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, Betty, you never... You, you never <laughs> uh, you never fail to uh, <laughs> bring it up. <laughs> yeah. Gabriel walked that day instead of driving. Um, mm -hmm. She... Michelle remembered that scene as well. Yeah. So now that you're saying it, I'm remembering it mm -hmm. because he went to make that call. So. Exactly. I for whatever I didn't. I, I, you know, my my mind slips to Pauline. You know, he seemed to call whenever he needed something really bad and didn't want to have to hook up with somebody in the bathroom. So I don't know. Anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. So, as for the thief's connection to Italy and perhaps Florence, he couldn't imagine a Florentine mad at him. He was a great lover of all things Florentine. The history, the art, the literature, the culture. I mean, you know, what's not right. to love about Dante? What's not, let, not to love about the artwork and all of Florence? It's beautiful. It is. Uh, um, he's and he, you know he also supported all the museums with generous donations, which is very kind of him. And Nicholas Castro's family sold him on the idea of exhibiting the Botticelli uh, uh, illustrations. They were not the originals, or so he thought, but the um, but he knew that it was probably done by one of his students, Botticelli's students. So that would you know. At least they had them that they could go, they could be checked out. Because even if a student did it and it's 14th century or 13th century or 15th century art, it's worth looking at. So as for the thieves, um, so, you know, the, he says now there are others that knew he was the buyer at, once he came out to the, you know, with the Uffizi. Um, maybe somebody was coming after him because of that. And after so many years, you know, he's like, oh, well, I don't know about that. There was something missing, and he just couldn't put the puzzle pieces together. And that's the worst part. Whenever you're doing a puzzle and you can't get that one piece, you're missing that one piece. Right, right. And that, I think, I think that's what's vexing him, right? He's a smart guy. Mm -hmm. He is very analytical. He'll think through all these different scenarios, but there's something he knows that there's something that he does not have mm -hmm. that would make this make sense. And, um, looking in the chat, going back to, um, Soraya's friend, Shell said, I was disappointed when Gabriel made that call. And Betty said, Gabriel's thinking of ripping Paul's hands and taking Julia with him and claiming her. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yes. And shall just with this recent what we were talking about, she says an introduction to TMI TBS, the yep. man in the black suit. Yep. Yes. That reference to the casserers. And after all, it's also. And the illustrations that he bought from them. That's correct. And he bought them because they were bought from by somebody mm -hmm. brought from Florence to the casserers back during the um, wars with Venice. Right. In, in the prince. So we asked SR, um, you know, or he went on about, you know, the thief was scoping out his collection and he accidentally dropped it. So if it's revenge, he was the target. Then the thief could have killed him right in the house. You think about it, it's true, because they, they did have a little bit of a scuffle. They right. weren't going after Julianne or Claire, so he knew he was fairly, they were safe a little bit with that. And, um, so, you know, he only used enough force to get away, and he wasn't interested in any other, so Gabriel was quite thankful for that. So we well, asked at SR. Yes? Why didn't Pacciani or Krista make the cut? Mm-hmm. And he says, I think if he realized that the memento mori speaks of a very deep, very sophisticated kind of anger. It's also a very valuable museum quality piece, and it probably would be beyond their means to acquire it. Mm -hmm. This is true. Mm -hmm. This is true. I, 
You know, the fact that he was the revenge piece and the fact he wasn't maimed or killed, that probably does make sense why he doesn't think it's revenge mm -hmm. because he wasn't injured. Mm -hmm. And but it also did seem like things are targeted at him since they kind of av avoided Claire and mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Julia. Yeah, and but although you know, I remember if I remember correctly, in the Prince, didn't he think about killing Gabriel and and uh, enough to make uh, Julia remember? Yeah. Um, yes. Mm -hmm. at, at one point but I think that was was different I think it was a different time yeah it could be, I have to know. kind of think of how this lines up in the timeline um, yes he did Brenda saying yes and then Shell I wanted to know did we ever find out for certain who the intruder is um, I believe and I, I'm trying to remember his name I I think it was Luca, but I'm not exactly sure. But um, if you remember the driver that you would drive Raven around in the Florentine series. Right. And before she was caught by the other vampires or, or taken by the other vampires, Maximilian mm -hmm. and whomever. And he was killed in the car. Right. Trying to protect her. That's who the person was that went to... Uh, went to um the cambridge because if, if i figured it, it was it, yeah it was luca betty's confirming that as well and i it was around the time when he went to the united states to investigate raven's family in florida right so that would make sense right so he went to florida checked out the horrible stepfather mm -hmm. and then flew up to Boston mm -hmm. to leave him a little message. Um, and it's the three-quarter time show. It is. <laughs> and Walter wants to get down, so I'll get you down before you fall. And uh, Betty's saying, let's be honest, though. Krista's busy planning revenge on someone else, Tatiani. <laughs> of course uh, she is. And she wonders if he eats spinach. <laughs> <laughs> and Brenda said yes. That's when he went with Julia and the baby Claire for the first time, and he smelled her. Mm -hmm. When he went to, when they were in uh, Florence, they went to Florence for the first time with the baby. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yes, Brenda to Italy. Mm -hmm. um, and Shell's thanking us. Thank you. That makes sense. Thank you for that. See, it so, takes a village to talk about this. It does. About it so the, but the question that was keeping Gabriel up at night is, what if he returns? Right. Mm -hmm. And especially if, you know, like he's in Edinburgh mm -hmm. and they just, this guy decides to come around and that thought gave him like night terrors. Right. I should give him Patrick's feather. Mm -hmm. Maybe he won't have the night terrors um, Julianne's nemesis had a face and Nicholas's team had that under control, meaning Simon was, you know, he was being watched and followed. Right. And, and Simon had his warning. Absolutely. And literally his warning shot. <laughs> and the, <laughs> really, and the new nemesis was nameless though and unidentifiable and his actions were confusing and it made it that more made him far more dangerous uh so this is the one reason why he had to demand that julia should go to uh edinburgh with him in scotland in the fall and he still had the unsent email stuck in his draft box right and he said in less than a minute he could decline the offer and his family would be safe and as he came up the stairs from the beach he remembered Catherine's warning he valued his career, but would not would be sorry if he lost it. Would not be sorry to lose well, it. Well, I think he would be sorry to lose it, but he felt it was worth the risk, right? Yeah, worth yeah. the loss. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he felt it was uh, you know it was, it, that was better to risk his career than to risk his family. You know, this is something that Gabriel now has like fully embraced as being the husband, the father, 
the right. lover, everything he could be to Julian and to little baby Claire. And he said he had already lost one daughter long ago, and he was not willing to lose another. That's a lot to have on your mind as you're running along the beach. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, I'm looking in the chat. Betty says, uh, you know, when Luca was sent, it's because William trusted Luca to um, take this uh, invasion, home invasion. Mm -hmm. um, and he wouldn't send a vampire because he knows that sending a vampire would have sparked interest among his peers. Right. So having Luca go would be a little less um, less obvious mm -hmm. to those in Florence in the, the vampire world. Absolutely. And mm -hmm. Shell's saying, Pachiana and Krista deserve each other. She says, I know it's mean, but I wouldn't be sad if CFP went the same way as Pachiani. Well, they are very, very wicked um, and evil characters. Mm -hmm. I don't disagree with that. Um, ben, Brenda said he would give it all up for the safety of his family, meaning Gabriel. The ultimate sacrifice of selflessness, a total change from where he started. Right. I mean, again, this, this whole musing, this whole where he is currently, um, it shows his complete evolution, right? Mm -hmm. And his, his growth as a, not just as a human being, but as a man, and as a man, a father, and spiritual. Mm -hmm. it, it shows all of this, this, um, evolution. Mm-hmm. And Anna says, people say they would not be sorry. Then the resentment niggles in the background. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I actually think, I think he, he, I think the book said he would be sorry. Um, but he would rather lose that than lose his family. Yeah. Um, I think in my mind, this just makes it even more like more obvious that he needs to find a way to get Julia to, to go with him. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I also thought too, just cause Gabriel's gonna, would be at home with them doesn't mean that he would be able to protect them in every scenario. You know, even if he's in the house with them, that's, was right. the case this time. And you know, when she wants to go out and walk the baby, I mean, you, we were in Boston around where the, the where they lived. The Charles right. River's right there, and it's a beautiful walking path along the river. Right. So. Right. You can never, even with the best security system, there's never a 100% guarantee. Exactly. Um, as Betty says, exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's, yeah, I, I think, I think they're in a, I think they're in a sticky situation. Um, and I think this whole idea of, the thief being nameless, unidentifiable, and his actions being so confusing. Mm -hmm. I think that this unpredictability is what's so hard about this situation. Yeah. Um, right. Um, <clears throat> Betty said, if the intruder was able to get in the house while he was there, who's to say it won't happen again? And... Anna noted he was there this time mm -hmm. as well. Now, this was before they're getting their amped up security provided by Nicholas's security, security team. team. So there will be more. Um, it will be more stringent. But still, yeah, Shell's saying he didn't want to feel helpless or out of control. Yeah, and, and I can imagine for a character like Gabriel, who, not that... Not that he's a major control freak. In some respects he is, but in a lot of respects he's not. Mm -hmm. I think it would be very hard for him. It, it's very hard for him to feel that, that sense of helplessness, which all of us feel at some point in time in our lives in different situations. Right. So. Well, and I, I think, too, you know, the idea of, doing everything he possibly can that mm -hmm. is in his control mm -hmm. 
is is really why he drafted that email. Mm -hmm. You know, he is kind of trying to take every step possible that he can to safeguard his family. Mm -hmm. And you know, as and that's where Shell says, you know, about not wanting he didn't want to feel helpless or out of control. That's exactly why he's trying to mm -hmm. do take these steps that he could take. Um, and Anna has a great point too. The amped up security is in their home only. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and Betty noted, you know, one of the missing pieces here, that missing piece that he, he can't complete the puzzle is, is what Gabriel doesn't know is that he's dealing with the supernatural. Mm -hmm. So that's just above and beyond, um, what actually Anything that Nicholas could put up, you know, if it's a supernatural influence, it's very hard to get to right. get yourself protected against that. Well, and this e idea even about the security being in their home only, you know, did they bring, actually, this is a question we could ask SR next week, you know, did they bring security with them to South Beach? Mm -hmm. You know, is someone kind of patrolling, looking out for them? Um, I don't think they are mm -hmm. um but you never know if uh, uncle jack's lurking somewhere <laughs> that's um, true because he hasn't been the melrose at the melrose the last couple times i've you, been there you didn't see him at the melrose no didn't see him at the melrose <laughs> oh my gosh we still need to go to the melrose pam we do you do yeah <laughs> uh <-huh. laughs> i've i haven't been there in forever um Betty's saying, even Willie with his relics was unable to stop an intrusion at his home with Raven in the Roman. And we can try to our best to protect those around us, but things happen. Mm -hmm. I'm sure the neighbors would love the extra security as well. Yeah, that's, um, you're, you have a good point about Willie, you know, even Willie, who is super, a supernatural being, mm -hmm. um, wasn't able to stop an intrusion. So you can only do so much, but I think in Gabriel's mind, the fact that he is taking all these concrete steps that he has, what limited control he has, he is trying to grab on mm -hmm. and um, do everything he can to make sure his family is safe. True. And Shell's suggesting that they can uh, arm the lawn flamingos. <laughs> For added security. <laughs> well, that's the obvious choice, Shell, right? Bring mm -hmm. back the flamingo brigade. <clears throat> and wasn't you and, and you know you can arm them because I know that in uh, James Bond movie they uh, had uh, these. Um, they were supposed to be like. Uh, scary masks where all mm -hmm. of a sudden the, ma the mouth would open and a gun would point out or through the eyes mm -hmm. or whatever you know so there's always a lot of things that they could do <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Anna's saying it doesn't appear they have security with them outside their home Uncle Jack's buds can only do so much it's true <laughs> <laughs> Betty's saying that's brilliant <laughs> brilliant so. brilliant We'll have to suggest that to SR. Yes. The, the arming the lawn flamingos Arm the for lawn added security. Flamingos. <laughs> <laughs> He'd get a kick out of that. The Flamingo Brigade. Bring him back. Bring him back to Boston. Absolutely. Oh, uh, Alana's suggesting the flamingos could spew poison darts, perhaps. That would be good, too. And it doesn't have to be a killer dart. It can be one that stung, stings you long enough to knock you out. Right, right. Or you could just have Walter Boo Boo as your guardian. Walter and could be the watchdog. he is such a good guardian watchdog. He was sitting next to me all morning, and now he's either on the step <laughs> or on the couch barking. I can't tell which. <laughs> <sighs> well, maybe, maybe he's protecting you, Pam. You never know. <laughs> this morning I got up. I, I was telling um, Leslie earlier when, before we got online uh, that I feel like I have a hangover and I haven't drank anything. <laughs> I you think know. you're dehydrated. Yeah. And 
So I, I finally get out of bed this morning, and you know, I get the crusty eyes because the uh, allergies are starting. And I'm not awake. I haven't had coffee yet. I put the leash on, go out in the front porch to take Walter out to the front yard so he can have his morning tinkle. And uh, two people walking up the walk with a big Amazon box. I'm like, oh, that's for us. <laughs> I was like, oh, great. I said, I haven't even had coffee yet. <laughs> so, and it's already beginning. Absolutely. Absolutely. So. Well, Anyhow. I... Oh, yes. Betty's saying Walter volunteers to be the security guard. Walter wants to, Walter wants his trip up to, uh, absolutely up to Boston. Black lab ladies saying, Oh no, ladies hydrate, hydrate, hydrate. That's right. That's right. Don't want you passing out on us. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Brenda's saying, and Brenda is a, uh, a clinician. She is a nurse. Saying it could be allergies um, or sinuses, so definitely hydrate. Yeah. So go forth and go drink forth your and water. hydrate. Yes. Go forth and drink your water. Um, yeah, we. This. Um, I'm. I'm curious to see what happens when uh, Gabriel shares what he learned with Julia. I think uh, that's going to be a great uh, thing, and hopefully we'll learn that in Chapter 55. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we will. We'll Which we will on. be covering next week. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you never know what's, uh, what's going to be happening in South Beach next week. I know. But I'm glad we're still there. <laughs> <laughs> Get out my mango... Uh, my mango juice right now absolutely absolutely <laughs> and make yes. do mango mimosas but don't forget you have to get mango to get included in. <laughs> guys here pam uh, we we just had a beep i think am i i don't know whether i'm still on air or not well brenda's noting you um, I hear you. Okay. I hear, uh, I hear you. I'm just texted the chat if they can hear us. And I'm showing that I'm still on. So Brenda and... is saying a uh, touch of fluid in your ears. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, we both are heard. Oh, Great. good. Good. So is Walter. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Kensikins you. when you need her? I know. Well, she'll she'll be listening to the podcast I'm at, sure. at some point. I'm sure she will. cursing at Walter. Yes. Um, great. We had uh, we had a temporary loss of sound on our side, folks. So we just wanted to make sure, as we bring the podcast to the close, that you yes. could hear us. Um, and the, the, I think. Uh, it, it's a, always a fun thing when when you hear that sounds like a submarine when Skype yes. goes off for a little bit. So, and yes, yes. Walter does That's say okay. he's here too. Yes. So, and, and we we are doubtless that you can hear Walter. He is prolific. <laughs> so, I guess Pam, it's time for me to ask you what are we what, listening to? What are we listening to on the way out? We are hearing the Bob the Boxer by Simon and Garfunkel. Always love this song. So have it. Well, and how appropriate. Yes. Because he is boxing with his ideas and emotions. Exactly. Have a great weekend, everybody, and those celebrating Orthodox Easter. I hope you have a great holiday too. Thanks. I'm going to make my red eggs right now. Oh, good. Think, Typically, uh, they do Effie it Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Thursdays the day they traditionally will make the red eggs. So. But I'm, I, I have my onions ready. Oh, good. So good, so good to have you with us. And for those who are listening elsewhere at another time, wishing you a wonderful day and a wonderful week. And for those in the chat currently, have a lovely, lovely weekend and enjoy. enjoy. Talk to talk to you next week. <laughs> <laughs>